Welcome to Calvary Revival Church Podcast, where we exist to know God, live generously, discover purpose, and make a difference. Wherever you are listening from, our desire is for this practical teaching to make a difference in your personal life and in the lives of the people and community around you. And now, let's prepare ourselves for an uplifting experience. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's in me. Bless his holy name. Come on, give Jesus a great shout this morning. He is so worthy of our worship and worthy of our praise. Glory to God. I was uh, walking off the stage this morning after the uh, sound check, and Zave, my, my youngest son, is, uh, our youngest son is on that camera over there. And so as, he was, as I was walking off, he said, Dad, he said, man, he said, I don't know if it's going back to college or the haircut, but you look a lot younger. And it's interesting, you know, when your kids say stuff like that. I mean, I mean, he sees me almost every day, every other day. And, uh, and we made that statement. But, and I walked off, and we laughed and chalked it up to both and, uh, and I laughed. But when I got in worship, the Lord said, I'm doing that. He said, I didn't give you a pacemaker. I gave you a peacemaker. And if, you'll le- if you'll let me bring you to peace with yourself, I'll do something in you that'll change the rest of your life. I'll, I'll, I'll reverse age for you if you'll let me bring peace in your life. If you'll let me restore joy in your life. If you'll finally stop blaming everybody else for where you are, take full responsibility yourself and let the Holy Spirit into that secret, intimate, hidden place in your life. He says, I'll turn everything around and I'll make you what you never dreamed you could be. 30 seconds, I'm asking y'all to give God praise in faith for what God is about to do in your life. God, we magnify you. Come on, magnify the Lord with me. Even the quiet people, come on, the tired people, would you open your mouth and give God glory? Father, thank you for what you're doing in us. Get me off the memory train to the past and put me on the vision train to the future. I receive it in Jesus' name. I rebuke the enemy, every thought, every word, all the information that he's fed me. I rebuke that. I bind that. I crucify that. And I grab hold of what you want to do in my life or marriage or friendships or family or children or co-workers I thank you Lord that I will not remain the same in Jesus name but I want to read to you Ephesians 4 Pastor David read it last week and I want to remind you of the acronym that uh, he shared with us. Ephesians 4 says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making effort to, uh, 
uh, keep yourselves united in the spirit. You see that? It said keep yourselves united. That means he's already united us. Our role is to maintain. Some of you, you're the version of the Bible you have says maintaining the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Here in the, in the New Living Translation, it says that, uh, uh, that we are to every effort, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. Y'all notice a word that's being repeated? One. One what? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. And so then we went through the acronym for unity, and the U stands for? The U stands for? Y'all cheated. Y'all are so cool with it, too. Y'all like, just Googled it. Understand your call. And the N is for niceness. Touch your neighbor and say, be nice to me. Look back at him and say, even when I'm mean to you, be nice to me. The I is identify your needs. Do you have any? Are you coming to grips with that, that you got some needs? Yep, you do. And the T is for? Tension can be healthy. And the why you are one in Christ. And so, so literally what, uh, what uh, Pastor did last week was he gave us a picture of what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. Amen? He gave us a picture. He didn't try to get us there, but he started, he started um, painting with broad strokes the picture of what we could be. We could be a people that function at a level of unity where we walk together and have one heart, one vision, one mind, one language, and not just in church, but even in our homes, we could operate in unity. Somebody say amen. And so I want us to take a step further and talk a little more in detail about what it means to grow up together. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been wanting to say this to you for a long time. Come on, say, say, I've been wanting to say this to you for a long time. Even if you just met him, I still want you to say, I really wanted to say this for a long time. Grow up. Come on, tell him, say, grow up. Look back and say, you first. <laughs> so, so there's this call on us to grow up together. Now, how does it happen? This is why, tell your cousin, that's, this is why we come to church. So we can grow up. So when your cousin says, you ain't got nobody got to go to church to be saved, they're absolutely right. But if you're ever going to be anything other than an immature Christian, you're going to have to find you somewhere so you can grow up. Somebody say amen. amen. So we'll go down a few verses. I'll read it to those who don't believe it. Ephesians 4.11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The who? The church. He gave what gifts? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. That's what, that's what we are, fivefold ministry. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue. How long? Until we all come to such unity in our faith 
and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Somebody holler, we got a ways to go. We sure do. Then we will no longer, here's the good part, y'all. Then we will no longer be immature like children. Come on, everybody just say, that's us right there. That's us. That's us. I mean, we know how to look grown. But there are times that we act immature like children. I'm not going to take this all just me. Y'all going to have to admit it too. That there are times that we all act immature like children. I know I cannot be the only one. All of us at times act how? Immature like children. So we're going to get to the place where we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us. Uh, with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Jesus, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Lord, thank you for those scriptures. Now speak through them, breathe through them, change us as a result of them, and we will give you the glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. And everybody said, let's grow up together. Now, growing up is simple, but it's still complicated. Anybody know that to be true? Growing up is simple. It's simple because it kind of happens on its own, right? There was a time you were much smaller. I'm not being funny. I mean, there was a time that you were tinier. There was a time that you were younger. Anybody remember being younger? And now you're thinking, where did the time go? Did you have to make yourself remember being a child and wanting to hurry up and grow up? wanting to speed it up, wanting birthdays to come quickly, wanting them to happen overnight because you wanted to grow up. But how many of you have discovered now that you didn't have to make it happen? It happened on its own. But while it is simple and happens somewhat naturally, yet it is complicated because growing up pushed us into a bunch of challenges that we weren't ready for. Amen. And most of the challenges... Really, every challenge, its root, has to do with something in ourselves that needs to be fixed. Now, if you are perfect and you have nothing that needs to be fixed, you can just kind of stick your finger up and slip on out because this ain't going to help you at all. But for the rest of us who don't have a lying spirit, (laughs) the word is absolutely for us because we have issues that we know need to be fixed fixed. Say amen. And we spend a lot of our time trying to figure out who to go to for which issue. Is it a spiritual issue? Call the pastor. Is it an emotional issue? Call a psychiatrist. Is it a physical issue? Call a doctor. 
But what we've discovered is that the complication is that our issues cannot be easily divided. They are spiritual. They are physical. They are emotional. They are mental. They are all wrapped up in there together, and it ain't but one doctor that has the ability to fix where we are and who we are and what we are. And we spend most of our lives trying to do one of two things, either trying to some, find somebody to fix us or somebody to blame. Wave at me. How I many of y'all are just as good at blaming as you are fixing? Me too. And so, so that we look for somebody to blame. But the truth is, the people in my life are not the reason for my issue. I had issues long before I married the prophetess, Janine Lorette Brown McBath. I had issues before I met her, and I met her at a very young age. I was a child when she asked me to marry her. <laughs> but at 17, I already had issues. The woman of God didn't create my issues, but the Lord sure did use her to bring them to the surface. And so with the people in, and, and trust me, I did very much the same for her. So the people in my life, we spend too much time naming and blaming people for our issues, the time we spend doing that is time that could be better spent going to God and saying, God, it's not them. I'm not sure where it comes from. I'm not sure how it happened, but I know this is who I am. I know I have an issue with trust. I know I have an issue with peace. I know I have an issue with joy. I know I have an issue with alcohol. I know I have an issue with gambling. I know I have an issue with lust. I know I have an issue with this. I know that's my issue. People didn't make that issue. People didn't create that. They enemy is the one that started this mess, but God, I need you to show me how to walk out of where I am and become who you want me to be. I need to stop for 30 seconds and prophesy to some of you in the building that what the enemy said you would never be is exactly what God is creating in you. What the devil called a loss is going to be your greatest victory. You're going to tell the world that it wasn't a preacher and it wasn't me, but God did this in me. I just need to prophesy for a minute because some of you, the enemy has been talking to you. I mean, day and night, he's been in your ear about what you ain't going to be and what you're never going to do and what you're never going to get to. Some of you, he told you he was going to kill you, but I need to tell you that he's a liar. And that means everything he says is a lie. Everything he says is a lie. And so, in, this, in my quest to become like Jesus, if I'll become more like him, I'll be a better husband. If I'll become more like him, I'll be a better father. If I become more like him, I'll be a better grandfather. If I become more like him, I'll be a better brother. If I become more like him, I'll, I'll be a, a, a better leader if I become more like him. So, let's talk about his attributes. Now, he has uh, attributes that I'm going to call incommunicable, and all it means is 
you can't be that. How many of you realize there's some things about God that you can't be? And then there are, and, and, there, and you're only you spending your time, wasting your time on the incommunicable attributes. Omniscient. What's that mean? You know everything. Look at your neighbor and say, don't even try it. You ain't never going to be omniscient. Never. You ain't infinite. I know you a bad sister, but you ain't infinite. And you're never going to be. Bruh, I know you got swag, but you ain't never going to be omnipotent. You do not have all power. You can't, you can't be that. I know you I know you somebody special. Your phone going off all the time. You done checked four texts that you got in here. Because you the one. And everybody needs you right away. But you are not omnipresent. You cannot be everywhere at the same time. This is going to be the hard one for about 45 people in the room right now. Immutable. You are not right all the time. You, 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 you just say you, you're not right all the time. And so here's what happens to us. We spend time trying to be like God in areas that it's not possible for us to be like God. We spend time trying to be right. Oh, I know, I, how many of y'all ever said that? I know I'm, I, I might be wrong about something, but I'm right about this. We try to be omnipotent. We try to have all power. We try to be omnipresent. We're going to help everybody. You can't help everybody. You don't, you don't have that trait of the Father. And you are not infinite. You run out. You run out of energy, juice, money. Talk to me. You run out. You're not infinite. And so when we waste our time on trying to be these things, we lose time being the things we could be like God in. That's why they're called communicable uh, attributes because they're things that can be communicated or can be passed on to us. Our God is a just God. You can operate in justice. Micah 6 and 8, he's shown the old man what is good. What the Lord requires of you is to do justly, to walk in justice. So you can do that. You can Live a holy life. Not a perfect life, but you can live a holy life. You don't have to be bound by sin. The scripture tells us, be ye holy as the Lord your God is holy. You can walk in righteousness or right standing with God. He who knew no sin, 2 Corinthians 5.22, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God is a faithful God. Guess what? You can become a faithful person. You can be somebody that people can depend on. You can be faithful. Our God is a loving God. Tap your neighbor and say, you don't have to be mean and nasty. You don't. You can become a loving individual. You can be that. And so I want to pull you away from trying to be stuff that builds your ego that you can't ever be omniscient and infinite and omnipotent and omnipresent and immutable and pull you over for the next two or three weeks on working on the stuff that you can become like God in those areas. Somebody say amen. It, it, it is a call on our lives to become good at some things that God does well that we don't do well. 
Dr. Henry Cloud and his uh, book, uh, Change That Heals. And I'm going to encourage you all to, to get it and read it along uh, with me. I discovered it, I thought, by accident, uh, but it was the Lord's uh, timing. Uh, it, it's an assignment for a, a, a class I have to take this week. And, and I started reading. I said, oh, my God, this is, this is exactly what I'm, what I'm preaching, uh, what we've been preaching, this issue of how we relate to each other and how it begins with us. There are some things that I want to help you with that God's good at, but he wants you to be good at them too. Let me, let me list them for you. Here's something God is good at. He's good at bonding with people. I don't want to start nothing at your house. But I just want everybody to admit that there are times that the people you should be bonding with, you are not bonding with. I do like the people that can't talk, just blink your eyes three times. I see you. God's, but God's good at bonding. If he is, he can teach you and I how to do it. Tell you something else God is good at. He's good at separating from people. Where there needs to be separation, oh, the Lord can put some separation. You don't believe me? You look at some of them folk in the Old Testament. You look at Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. They got cut off, totally separated, because God knows how to do separation. How many of us... Just blink at me three times. Don't say nothing out loud. You, you can't bond with the folk you're supposed to bond with, and you're too connected to folk that bring drama and destruction. See, y'all couldn't even keep quiet, could you? I told y'all to blink. Y'all went to holler, wow, Jesus, yes. I, I, I got you, but, but God is good at it. He wants you to be good at it. God is also good at figuring out what's good and what's bad, what's right and what's wrong. How many of y'all know sometimes we are not good at that at all? It takes us way too long. By the time we do it, we done, we done blown something up. We done messed up our lives or messed up somebody else's. By the time we are able to separate good from bad. And then here's another thing, and I found this one quite hilarious, is that God is good at taking charge like an adult. We struggle many times at taking charge like an adult. But what God wants us to do is he wants us. Remember what verse 13 said we read earlier? This will continue, that work of the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring to the full and complete standard of Christ. So here's what I want to tell you. I, I can't even get into the three things that we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks are one learning more of the knowledge of Jesus. You see, as you get to know him, he'll teach you how to be more like him as you get to know him. I'm not just talking about scriptures about Jesus. I'm talking about you've been able to see the characteristics of how Jesus operates and functions in certain situations. And one I'm going to give you an example of in a moment. Uh, the second thing we're going to talk about is how, how do we stop acting like children? How do we identify the... Uh, the, the selfishness, one, one of the things that I've learned is that there are certain ways that I'm wired and I'm probably always going to be like that. And God can use those attributes for good, but the enemy can manipulate them for evil. Talk back to me, somebody. And so what, what, I'm, what I'm learning is that 
I'm not necessarily going to become somebody else because that's not God's plan. He doesn't want to make me like another person other than Jesus. But what I can do is discover when somewhere in my wiring is taking me down a wrong road and be aware enough of that to say, oh, no, 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 we ain't doing that. We ain't going there. Oh, no, we ain't saying that. Mm -mm, We ain't starting that argument. That's me tripping, and I see myself tripping. I'm an okay guy. I ain't a bad fellow, but I got issues that will make me go down the wrong road. And when I see myself going down that road, I can pull up and say, nope, we are not going to do that. We're going to change our behavior. Somebody say amen. Amen. We're going to behave differently, and uh, and, and I ain't got to go to a 24-hour prayer meeting to do it. I can make a decision right now that I'm going to operate differently. Stop acting like children. And as a result, grow up in every way. Grow up spiritually. Grow up uh, emotionally. uh, uh, Grow up in practical things. So how I handle my money, I grow up in that. How many of y'all see yourself being immature sometimes with your money? You spend stuff, you like like a child. Why did I do that? I know I couldn't afford that. Why did I charge that? Why am I on Amazon right now? Why do I get so much joy when they deliver packages? <laughs> Woo, I got another one. So, and I'm broke. Woo. What, what, what makes me do that? So I want to talk about that. And, and what happens, you all, is that there'll be, uh, and I'll finish right here, you all. And, and, and just because you all think we're getting out of church early because I'm fishing, don't you dare go anywhere. So, so what happens is, and then I'll tell you this little story about Jesus. What we're going to need is, write this down, grace, truth, and time. Say it with me. Grace, truth, and time. Say it louder. Grace, truth, and time. Grace says, I am forgiven. Come on, shout with me if you're forgiven. Grace says, God loves me just like I am. Come on, shout with me if you're glad for the grace. Grace said, it's all washed away in the blood. Grace says, no matter how ridiculously crazy I've acted, God has accepted me into his family. Somebody give God thanks for grace. But if all you got is grace, you'll be on the merry-go-round of doing crazy and then have to run back to God for more forgiveness. So grace then must be coupled with truth. Because truth says, even though I'm forgiven, I have to now make some adjustments. That response was not nearly as happy as the first one. Truth says that God does love me the way I am, but he loves me too much to leave me the way that I am. Truth says there is right and there is wrong. Truth says stay out the casino. That was just for you. I don't know who you are, but that was for you. But but truth calls me out on my silliness. Right? Grace, truth, and... And it takes time for grace and truth to get me where God's trying to take me. My God, I wish I had two hours to preach that. What, what, 
time does, time says this is not going to happen tomorrow. This is not going to get fixed next week. You are not going to get this done in your 21-day fast. It's going to take longer than that. It's going to take time to do it. And there are no shortcuts. Someone said that the longest distance between two points sometimes is a shortcut. It's going to take me how long in therapy? Eight weeks? Oh, no, shoot. Let me go to somebody who can get it done in a week. <laughs> then two years later, you back in the eight-month therapy because the shortcuts didn't work. And now the longest distance between two points was your shortcut. Because it took your shortcut took longer than the long way would have taken. Because you took, oh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Because you took, I took the shortcut. Grace and truth meet in our Jesus. Ask the lady who was caught in adultery. They unfairly bring her to Jesus. Grace and truth and time all meet to transform this woman's life. Where was grace when he told them jokers, whoever ain't sin, you start throwing rocks first. In other words, he said, y'all ain't killing her today. Not on my watch. Y'all ain't killing her today. And then after they all left, he whispers to her, here come truth. And in time, that woman became somebody different than she was when grace and truth found her. This is why the devil did not want you in church today. Because the today is the beginning of the rest of your life. That is totally different than what it has been. Because today, for you, grace and truth have kissed. And time is going to cause that kiss to bring you into something you never imagined you could ever be. I need you to stop where you are and just give God a praise where you are. I, just, I need you to bless him. I need you to magnify the name of Jesus. Glory to God. 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 We worship you, Jesus. We magnify your name, Lord. You're worthy of our worship and you're worthy of our praise. We give you glory now, Lord. For 33 years, God has been establishing this legacy of love called CRC, where people can come and find grace to accept them, truth to change them, and time to be patient with them until they get there for 33 years. This is the legacy we're building, and I want you in two ways today to be part of that legacy. The first way I want you to be part of the legacy is I want you to embrace what God is saying to us in this world. 
And I'm going to ask you, would you express your acceptance of what God is saying by just lifting your hands right where you are? That, if that's awkward for you to lift your hands and just bow your head, do something different. I don't, I'm not trying to make you feel awkward. But I ask the lifting of hands because it's a sign of surrender. And it also shows how empty our hands are, that I don't bring anything, God. It's got to be all you. Lord, thank you for the legacy that's being established in the personal lives, marriages, homes, families, single folk who make up this great church. Thank you, Lord, that the word of the Lord today is bringing us into a new understanding of how we mature in you. It has whet our appetite. It's caused us to hunger for it more. It's caused us to be curious about, God, then that means that my life could be very different than it is right now if I'll engage on this journey. Thank you, Lord, for the journey of maturity in you. We're never going to be able to say, I'm mature now. But we are going to be able to say we're more mature than we were, that we're growing in you. Thank you, Lord. Anybody want to take the ride? Anybody want to do that? Anybody want to do this? Who want to do this? Anybody want to, just wave at if you want to do this. Because huh? everybody ain't ready for it. But, but it, it's, anybody here ever got on a roller coaster and you would have gotten off, but it clicked? Oh, I know somebody feel my heart up in That bad boy click. It, no, here's the worst. When it clicks and your sons are in the roller coaster with you. And what you really want to do is, ah, get me out. But you got way too much ego to let them hear you trip like that. So the thing has clicked, click. Anybody ever been in a roller coaster where somebody starts screaming, I got to get out. I can't, I can't. You were that, you were that person, weren't you? clicks. So here's the secret, y'all. I learned it a long time ago. I learned it from being forced to ride roller coasters with children because they needed an adult to go. <laughs> when it gets to the top and it's about to go down, close your eyes. It don't feel as bad when you close your eyes. Anybody want to take a trip to spiritual maturity? It's going to be kind of crazy. Close your eyes. Father, we just thank you now for what you're about to do in us. We're on a journey. We're not sure exactly where it's all going to end up, but we do know we're going to be closer to you than ever before. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and we have some tools to help you on your journey. Just text Jesus to 48074. To find out more about Calvary Revival Church, text guest to 48074. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make a difference.